Hey there, you've got Kenny Price. This is Kenny in the Morning with K-Bear Radio, the flagship of the Minifield Communication Network, Sicily, Alaska. Well, anyway, that's my tribute to Northern Exposure, my favorite television series of all time. But anyway, this is actually Kenny Price. I'm with Guat.Rock, Sky the World, and other things. This is Season 9, Episode 189, Title, Chosen, The Real Difference Maker. Subtitle, Faith in Jesus is the Path to Joy. A literary hobby of mine is to read the autobiographies of rock musicians I've enjoyed listening to throughout my life especially people from my childhood, who recorded in an era where digital manipulation, especially auto-tune, didn't exist. The people that recorded music in those days had to know how to really sing and hold pitch, which is very hard to do. If you don't think so, just record yourself on your smartphone as you sing along to your favorite song. You think you sound wonderful. Yeah, I could have been the first Michael Buble until you hear yourself in digital living color. Though I don't always agree with certain aspects of their lives, especially their language, I do have an immense respect for artistic people who succeed against terrible odds of achieving real success in the music business. It is an extremely hard industry for a person to achieve and maintain success. Graham Nash, now 80 years old, is one of those people who has had an entire life of success in the music business from 1958 till the present. As one of the founders, singer-songwriters of the Hollies, and co-founder, singer-songwriter, a third person in the famous rock harmony group Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, he is a twice inductee into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, first in 1997 as a part of CSNY, and then in 2021 with the Hollies. For some reason, I just now discovered his autobiography, Wild Tales, A Rock and Roll Life which was published actually back in September 17, 2013. I found it through my digital library app as an audiobook. I've been a fan of CSNY since I first heard them back in the 1960s. When you listen to that group on a high-end stereo system, their vocal harmonies are beyond amazing. Mono a mano, I am no match for Graham Nash. I love the phrase mano a mano, which in the Spanish literally means hand-to-hand and by extension is defined as in direct competition or conflict, especially between two people. It comes from bullfighting describing a type of duel between two matadors. Graham Nash is the musician I wish I was. He is a gifted tenor voice, an amazing songwriter, a gifted photographer, and the creator of Giclée printing for fine art and photographs. Yes, he really is the actual inventor of giclée printing. Giclée is a French term meaning to spray, referring to how an inkjet printer works and how giclée prints are usually produced. These large format inkjet printers are usually spraying devices that can both match color and apply ink precisely, giving artists a high quality print of their original. So on top of everything else, he is also a technology innovator. I encourage you to click on the show notes to the Wikipedia article on Graham Nash. It goes into detail on that entire story on how he invented the process. After finishing Nash's story, it's clear that by Nash's own account, he doesn't have an active faith in Jesus Christ as personal Lord and Savior. The book caused me to reflect on my own life at the age of 62. In my own talents and artistry, I'm outdone by Nash. But the game changer for me is I have been chosen by God and given a future inheritance that pales all of the success, fame, and fortune that Nash has known in his long life. The reality for all the rockers of my youth is that they are at the very end of their lives. Many of them are writing autobiographies. They want to be remembered. They want to lay down a marker in history to say, I was here. And yet, 
In the autobiographies I read of these rockers, almost all of them are without a living hope of eternal life and a very real heaven. Their future is black. So because of Jesus Christ, I'm transformed into an ultimate victor. The Apostle Peter, that man's man, that rough and tumble fisherman and follower of Jesus Christ reminds me of who I really am. And let me tell you something, my friend, during this present day, the hardest time for humans and this earth in my 62 years of living, to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I am chosen of God means everything, everything. This onslaught of back-to-back -back catastrophe is real and every human on the planet feels it. It's real. But here is what the Apostle Peter has to say to the chosen of God in his first letter. It's found in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 1-9. through 9. Peter writes, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those chosen, living as exiles dispersed abroad in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to be obedient and to be sprinkled with the blood of Jesus Christ. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. My friend, if you'll listen as I read, the word you, you, you is prominent. And here we have in this opening letter of the Apostle Peter, this celebration of Lord God Almighty in Jesus Christ in the Spirit. Why? Because what He's done in the chosen, in you. And so Peter is shining the spotlight on you and me if we know God. You are being guarded by God's power through faith for salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. You rejoice in this, even though now for a short time, if necessary, you suffer grief in various trials, so that the proven character of your faith, more valuable than gold, which though perishable is refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen Him, you love Him. Though not seeing Him now, you believe in Him, and you rejoice with inexpressible and glorious joy, because you are receiving the goal of your faith the salvation of your souls. Let me say right up front, here's the punchline, here's the spoiler, that friends, it really is ultimately about the salvation of our souls. You can have all the fame, all the fortune, all the success, all the intellect, and all the comforts, no turmoil, no torture, no hardship in this life, but yet my friend, if you come to the age of 80, and you check off of this planet without Jesus Christ, you are hurled headlong into an eternal abyss called the lake of fire where you suffer eternally because of your unredeemed soul. So let's break this down real quickly. This encouraging word that Peter gives us in the midst of the most difficult days on earth in my 62 years of living. And again, it's not just my personal context, it is the world context. A letter is to those who are chosen. In the Greek, it is eklektos. It means to be selected, to be preferred. And my friend, let me say that this word only applies to those who know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. It does not apply to people who have the best of intentions, who uh, pray to the universe. Did you hear from all the Hollywood stars? 
This is specifically to those who are chosen. We are a unique group. We are preferred by God. And being chosen by God through Jesus Christ, it does not mean we are going to avoid life trouble. Peter says that he's writing to the chosen where? Who are living as exiles. They're dispersed abroad. They're scattered across all of Asia Minor. What does that mean to be chosen if you're dispersed and not living in your homeland? That seems to be a pretty rough existence. Peter is reminding us that as Christians, we are pilgrims on our way to our native country, which the Bible says clearly is heaven. And we are only temporary sojourners here on this earth. So though at the moment I may not be enjoying the riches that Graham Nash has known almost all his entire life, he was not born into wealth, but he became successful very early in life and has been rich his entire adult life. But friend, we are only temporary sojourners here on this earth. And he goes on to say that you're not only chosen, but here's the definition of what he means by chosen. Here's how you get to be chosen. First of all, he says it's according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. That is eternal success right there, my friend, that God knows who you are before you even came into existence. And we're chosen how? Through the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit. It is impossible in standing by ourselves to come before a holy God. Yet through the cleansing work of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit cleans us up so that we can go into the presence of Almighty God in heaven. And we're chosen what? To be obedient and to be sprinkled with the blood of Jesus Christ. This talks about the salvation that we enjoy. So we see here as the chosen, we enjoy the entire attention and efforts and work and cleansing of the entire Godhead of Almighty God, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And then he gives this encouraging word, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. It's well wishes, but they're founded in the truth and strength and power of God Almighty. Grace is God's unmerited favor to us as his chosen. Peace is a favorable set of circumstances involving true peace and tranquility, to have no worries. And friends, you and I, because of the power of God Almighty, the work of His Spirit, and the cleansing and the salvation in Jesus Christ, you and I have the ability to sit down in our heart. That's a great word picture. To sit down in our heart and to not feel fear, to not feel anxiety, to not feel woe, because ultimately we know that the struggles of this present life as chosen ones is temporary. We see that these divine attributes are not only given to us, but the Apostle Paul tells us that these gifts, in spite of the struggles we presently have in this sojourn, can increase in intensity. We can increase in knowing God's grace, His favor, and His peace. This profound wish of abundance is only experienced by the chosen. He goes on to exclaim, Blessed be God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why? It says He has given us new birth into a living hope and into an inheritance. My friend, that is a reason to get happy today in the midst of any struggle that you and I may be going through. Why? Because He has given us new birth into a living hope. We're not about a dead belief and a dead hope. We are about a living hope. We are talking about a hope revival and into an inheritance. But why? Why has God done this for us? It says because of his great mercy. Again, how did he do it? Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. The churches that claim to be Christian, who are even beginning to deny that Jesus Christ actually bodily rose from the dead, are heretics. It is only through the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead that we have this living hope. It gives us the power to sustain and to flourish even in the midst of our difficulties as sojourners. 
He has given us a new birth into a living hope and into an inheritance. It is a real, tangible inheritance. An inheritance that is imperishable. It never spoils. It never goes out of date. It never has to be pulled off the shelf and sent back to the manufacturer. It's undefiled. That means it is an inheritance that is always presentable before God, and it's unfading. I presently have photographs that were taken when I was a young child, and the processes back then did not lend themselves to longevity, so my photographs are fading. We have so many that we need to get to to scan before they disappear. But all of that, it says it's kept in heaven for you. We have a real gift. It's tangible. It's just as real as the reality we presently know. And it's being kept in heaven for you. Here's that word you. And then Peter goes on to say in verse 5, you are being guarded for salvation. My friend, that is a reason to celebrate today. To walk in the knowledge and the truth and the assurance that what? you are being guarded. We're being protected for our salvation. How are we being guarded? By God's power. And that power is given to us through our faith. The Bible makes it clear that faith is a very real thing. It's not pie in the sky believism. The Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's real. We're being guarded for our salvation. And he goes on to give a complimentary thought to what kind of salvation he's talking about. He says it's the salvation that is ready to be revealed. It's coming. You see, the Apostle Paul had the mentality that we have been saved. The Apostle Peter, who believes that we are saved now, but his focus is towards the salvation to come, the full redemption of our bodies being glorified in heaven with Jesus Christ. It's not here yet, but it's going to be revealed in the last time. He goes on to say that you not only are being guarded, but you rejoice in this, so that the proven character of your faith may result in praise and honor and glory. My friends, those three words are winning. To be one of praise and not hateful speech and hateful hearts, and one of honor that honors God with our lives, and we give Him the glory our lives shine forth that we know God as our personal Lord and Savior, that's winning. So what does the God-given character, that chosen faith that God has bestowed upon us, what does it look like? He says, you love him. So it's love for Jesus. And the Apostle Peter points out that, hey, this is obvious. You love him. You love Jesus, even though you haven't seen him. And the second aspect of the character of God, here's what it looks like. You believe in him. In other words, you have an active, real trust in Jesus that is manifested by your daily living. And he celebrates that you do this even though you don't see him now. And you rejoice. So it's an attitude and it's a character of love from Jesus, a belief in Jesus, and a joy that is unexpressible. One of the hymns sings a joy unspeakable and full of glory. The half has never yet been told. My friend, the joy that is bestowed upon us when we enter into a living, active hope through Jesus Christ is inexpressible. Words cannot put it into definition in spite of the struggles and the trials and the craziness of our lives and our day. Why? Here again, I'll bring it up at the very end. Because you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. The Bible asks the question, what does it profit a man if he gained the whole world and loses his own soul? But my friend, praise be to God that if we are chosen, we are ultimately successful through the resurrection power of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it gives us the peace and the grace and the joy 
something beyond just human happiness, but real joy in the midst of the sojourn and ultimately for an eternity in the presence of Christ in a very real place called heaven. And with that, my friend, I bid you peace. <music>